No Block, No Rock, Season 2, Episode 15, coming at you again. It's been a little while. And it's been it's been okay, actually. It's been but fun. it feels good to be back. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about from the Nebraska Brewing Company Tap Room once again, located at 108th and Harrison in Levista, Nebraska, FYI, so come visit. We got a lot to talk about, guys. It's been a while. Kyle, I haven't seen you. Well, okay, you had a little, since a little party, but since we found out that uh, yeah. we grew up right down the street from each other, yeah, that was really <laughs> weird for all you Trip. no block, no rock listeners. <laughs> Jared and Kyle had no idea, but they actually yeah. grew up like right two next, houses down from each other. Yeah, two houses down, and they had no idea. The only reason they found out was because I talked to Jared's mother, and she <laughs> told me. So then I told Kyle and Jared at the same time, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just it was meant to be. Yeah, enough about us. In our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated. Let's talk about these new coaching hires, guys. We waited on purpose. We didn't want to meet up, you know, like last week or two weeks ago when everything was still in flux. And we didn't want to just do message board freaking musings and try to guess. We wanted to make sure these hires were in place. We got first was Mickey Joseph from LSU, former Nebraska quarterback. He was the first one on board. I think you just you had to make that move. Then you had the OC hire with Mark Whipple coming from Pitt. Hot off the uh, the picket, you know, Heisman hype coming here to Lincoln. And then most recently, Donovan Riola from the Bears as the offensive line coach. Assistant offensive line coach, assistant to the regional manager at the Dub Bears. But not here. He's going to be the head dude. Yep. So let's let's get into this, guys. Let's just start off with Mickey Joseph. I anticipate everyone is going to universally like this hire. Mike, since you're to my left and I can grab you right here. Ooh. Let's go, boy. <laughs> what you think about Mickey Joseph? Mickey Joseph, CEO Scott Frost. Let's just start with that. I'm going to say it every time we bring up a staff member. CEO Scott Frost made hmm. a good hire. Thumbs up for Mickey Joseph. You bring in a guy who is from Louisiana, a great recruiter. Might bring in a guy named DeColdis to ever do it, Crawford. But anyways, we'll get we'll get back on more, Mickey. Uh, good recruiter, guy knows the knows the tradition. He's a Nebraska guy, but honestly, I think it was an okay Nebraska guy hire this time. Um, when you throw that associate head coach title in there, I know mm -hmm. it was at LSU, but that tells me one thing: that even if Scott Frost is relieved of his duties, I think Mickey Joseph is staying here long term. Yeah, I think that was probably it guaranteed to him. And when you're selling. Him on coming to Nebraska, you're probably saying, hey, this isn't a one-year thing, especially for you, Mickey, is we want you here to build this regardless if it's Scott Frost as a head coach or not. So he gets a thumbs up for me. Kyle? Yeah, same thing from here. So a couple things on what Mike just said. Uh, he is a Nebraska guy, but I think that was like the furthest thing from the conversation when it came to like, hey, let's look at Mickey Joseph. Uh, this is a dude that has taken two-star, three-star wide receivers, and now they're playing significant roles in the NFL right now, uh, Justin Jefferson being one of them. Jamar Chase Jamar putting Chase, up numbers. Yeah, yeah, dude is a game-changer. So, he was a five-star. So, yeah, but at, at some point, yeah, we need somebody that can develop talent here at Nebraska, and that is what Mickey Joseph brings to the table. So I'm, I'm excited. And and to your point, uh, I don't think Mickey Joseph comes here if, if he thinks that he's just going to be you know let go in a year. I yeah. don't. I don't think. I don't think he would take the chance of moving his whole family back here um, when he's technically not from here, 
and uh, and and not promise like, dude, you're you're not just going to be here for a year. Well, and before we get to Eric, the the thing you just brought up was actually a really good point uh, of developing wide receiver talent. This might be the first wide receivers coach that is actually like qualified to do the job since Keith Williams. There you yeah, go. Coach Dub. Yeah. So, I, thought, I thought you were gonna do some. Uh, wideouts erasure. I'm like, oh, you better no, not. Okay. No, no, no. I think he's honestly the most qualified guy we've had to coach this position group since Keith Williams. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, Eric, what do you think? I mean, the word speaks for, for, for itself with Jefferson. Like, I have it here. He was ranked as the 2,164th best prospect to 247, which I feel is the better of the two mm. services. He, he was ranked a 79 overall, and well, that isn't a power five talent. But, I mean, he was a, f- a first rounder, and now he's, what, a top, what, seven receiver in the NFL? Probably. Ish? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so, I mean, the work speaks for, for, for itself. This year, sure, that I mean, the, the talent at LSU uh, may not be great, but every person on that coaching staff I checked out already. So, yeah. I do have a concern about him is that, LSU, it was his only Power 5 job, except he took it and ran with it. So he's up for a challenge. Well, and he won a natty. So, I mean. Yeah. Passing it on to me, Eric. Oh, yeah. Jared. All right. I just, yeah. So I don't want to, you know, overset <laughs> my bounce. Um, yeah. Look, uh, you look at, like you guys have been saying, you're, you're dropping names. You know, I'm, I, can't, I can't step in here and be like, oh, it's a bad hire. However, I will play devil's advocate. I'll be the one devil. Shocking. <sighs> Well, look, I love I love the hire. Okay, first of all, I love it. It's just I wish we would emphasize uh, running backs instead of wide receivers. That's my only thing because we've attracted good wide receivers before, you know, from the South especially, you know, from Florida with Frost connections and even Walters, his connections. We brought in Florida dudes. We brought in fast guys who run 4-4s and they're track guys. So like we've seen it before and they don't stick around. So that's like that's my only concern is that you know he's going to bring in these hyper athletic dudes, four stars from Louisiana with his connections. Are they Nebraska Big 10 material? That's my only question. Mm-hmm. You know, are they going to want to stick around? So that that's my one hang up, but you look at what he's done, you can't like there's a lot of talk of Hey, we should make our OC hire first and then build around the OC hire. But you see Mickey Joseph, he was the very first hire even before the OC and the O-line coach. And it was pretty obvious that you just had to make that hire. Yeah. And him being a former Cornhusker uh, starting quarterback at that was just kind of a, the cherry on top. You know, if he wasn't a Nebraska player, I think he'd still be a wide receiver coach that you pursue. Yeah. Based off the guys he's developed and all that. So... Yeah, I love it. I, I'm just concerned about the Southern athletes that he's going to bring in, and I wish we would emphasize running backs instead. But let's go to the the next hire that we made. Mark Whipple coming from Pitt, coming off probably you know his most noteworthy season as a as an OC with uh, Pickett going to New York City. Um, you know, coming up short in the end, but anytime you can get a Pitt quarterback to New York City, I think that's a pretty noteworthy thing. But guy, let's get into Mark Whipple. What do you think? Do you like this hire by Frost? What does it mean? Mike, you're a big Frost CEO guy. Does this amplify that point? What do you think? Absolutely. Like, damn. This was 
next to Mickey was my favorite hire. I think when Scott Frost told everybody that he wanted to be a CEO, I expected you were hearing the names Corn. You were hearing, <laughs> yeah. you were hearing the me. names Graham Harrell. Like Ugh. this is a guy you brought in a guy with experience as not only a play caller, <laughs> but as a head coach. And you're talking about a guy who lacks experience as a head coach in general, and maybe a guy that can mentor him in the X's and O's, and a guy that you can actually trust call the plays. I do think with meshing the playbooks together, we'll see how that goes because Whipple is not really one to have the the RPO option concepts in his playbook. He's, I mean, he's a pro guy. He coached Ben Roethlisberger. He's been in the NFL. And like I said, he's been a head coach. So I like the hire a lot. I think this is going to be, it is, that is the perfect hire for a make or break season. You just have to get the right quarterback in here. So Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, so when we were talking, when when we let go of the four offensive um, assistants, we were all talking about like what needs to happen in that nice heated uh, discussion on whether or not Scott Frost should stay. No. And uh, what I said was that we needed to bring in a guy that wasn't going to take a backseat to Scott Frost. And 64-year-old Whipple is not going to come into Nebraska under the assumption that he might only get one year here and let Scott make silly mistakes or, or silly calls or anything like that. So one of the biggest problems that we've had over the last four years are just these like kind of head-scratching calls throughout important oh, yeah. times in a game. Like the red zone. <laughs> like the red zone all year this year. and. I think that Whipple's going to come in and not only is he going to take over the majority of the play calling, but he's also going to kind of keep Scott's head on straight. Yeah. And that is exactly what we said we needed in an offensive coordinator hire when when we let go everybody, you know, four weeks ago, five weeks ago now. But I, I do like it. The, my only concern is um, once again, we're in a situation where now we've got different lingo. We've got a different scheme that these kids have to learn in a very important year, which is going to happen regardless. So I'm glad it's somebody that has a lot of experience um, like Whipple does in a lot of years in the game to hopefully make that transition a little bit easier. But I will say I was not a huge fan of like the whole, like you said, he's more, he's more uh, like, west coast right like he would rather pass the ball than run it and we've been saying all year that like we're in the big 10 we need to run the ball yeah. we need to run the ball yep and now you know you're bringing like a an acc air raid you know, guy, guy. Yeah. yeah yeah and so i mean i i'd be lying if i said i wasn't a little concerned so that's i'm like you know i'm like 80 20 on my approval rating here I'm going to be the devil's advocate here before Jared, so sorry to steal your thunder in advance. It's okay. <laughs> it isn't that I don't like the hire. In terms of experience and where he's been, it's it's what you want. He's had success with QBs everywhere he's been. The problem I have is that it's not really a guy to hire on a one-year trial run because his offenses take some time to get you going. In 2019 and 2020, his offenses were like – I think I read like 109th and like 84th on Nebraska had better offenses in 2019 and 20. This year, Ipple had a Heisman finalist who he helped develop. I'll give him that. And the O-line had like like four or five-year seniors on it. He's not going to have any of that here. He's, he's going to want to run a passing offense with running a personnel. And unless we're Michigan State, we can't 
fix that overnight. So I don't know. I don't really feel comfortable as it stands now. On a one-year trial run, it's probably the best you could have done, honestly, and they did. So I just I have questions about the the offense working straight away in a again in a you know like a make or break year. So that's all yeah. I have. Yeah. And I mean, on the trial run, the one year trial run point, I mean, like, I think everybody was very surprised that this dude was willing to to come here on a one year trial run when he's this far into his career. You know what I mean? So, well, it's a money grab, you know, I mean, like, honestly, it's a win win for him when he gets to prove that he can this offense will work in the Big Ten and it proves that he can he can run this anywhere. But on the flip side, he's got a three year contract. That if Scott Frost gets fired, obviously the next head coach isn't going to hire Mark Whipple as their OC. So he's going to get paid by Nebraska the next three years. So mm-hmm. it's a win-win for him. I think it's a challenge that he's looking forward to. But just to be devil's advocate to you, Eric, you said, well, you know, we don't we have a run-based type of team, but we were an air raid team anyways. Like we couldn't run the ball to save our lives. We didn't have guys to execute running the ball. Uh, we had an athlete playing quarterback that made our offense look better than it did. And when we did run air raid concepts like we did against Wisconsin and we did against Michigan, what we did against other other teams, it worked, it, it worked really well. So yeah. I think we can execute that just fine. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I see what you're saying, but don't you think it's a bit of a problem that our head coach has, has wanted to be a run-based team for four years and can't do it? I think he says that to make the the crowd pleased, but I yeah. to be real honest with you, if it's not he, the quarterback running, I don't think he gives a shit. He's Scott. <laughs> he's Scott Frost. That's already been proven that all he has to do is exist, and people are happy. Oh, I said that one out loud. Yep, so, I believe. Well, that. dude, I mean, he says he wants a bell cow, but he's not willing to. He, the thing about Frost is, he doesn't seem to commit to to something, whether it's working or not working. You know what I mean? Like if if you're gonna have a bell cow, if he's getting two yards of carry. Through his first three carries, like it seems like he just he kind of gives up and is like, oh well, it didn't work. Well, no, if you're gonna have a bell cow, you got to keep at it. That's what Wisconsin does. Yeah. Um. One thing I have heard about Whipple, I'm not gonna lie to you and say I've watched ten pit games this year and I watched yeah. Kenny. No, I haven't. One of the things I've heard from various people is, you know, if something is working, he sticks to it, which I appreciate. You Weird. Know, consist- you know, consistency. Um, especially with Frost, who seems like a guy who wants to be cute at times and wants to do things the more complicated way than rather than the KISS. Keep yeah, the simple, it simple, stupid. stupid. You know, he, he wants to be the big brain. Yeah. You know, compared to everyone. Oh, look how smart I am. Look at this cute play I designed. And yeah, maybe hopefully Whipple can. Uh, you've heard this before. Hashtag whip into shape. Yeah. You know, hopefully he'll do that. (laughs) I love that point, though. I love that point because there were more than one instance this year where it was like, okay, the first half, we're running the ball good. And then second half, you know, maybe we're down one or two scores. And all of a sudden it's just pass, pass, pass. It's just like, dude, or a guy, a guy disappears 30 minutes, man. Just chill out. Just do what works. You don't need to panic. Yeah. And hopefully Whipple can be that guy that says, no, hold, just, hey, Frost, hold on. You know, because uh, you're, you're getting a little antsy here. Just mm. yeah, because because when you start panicking and you start changing up the game plan for the day, that's when the errors start to happen, and that's when all of this confusion starts to happen. I also, just yeah. keep it simple. Yeah, I also have to add. It's 
important to keep in mind with Whipple coming in, the ACC plays no defense. <laughs> and, well, half the schools don't play offense either. But um, it's important to keep that in mind in a in a conference that, quite frankly, prides itself on playing good d- defense. What's the, mm-hmm. uh, the identity of Wisconsin and Northwestern and Iowa? Jared? Listen, I'm the last guy that they pride themselves on hard-nosed running the ball defense. There you go. That's, That's the word. You know, the ACC is the East Coast Pac-12, I guess. I mean, can we <laughs> can we regard it as that? Well, you know, the thing about Whipple is like, you know, people are concerned. You know, he's 64 years old. Um, How is he going to be as a recruiter? Hopefully he can go into rooms and be like, hey, I, I coached up Kenny Pickett. He went to New York City. Belitnikoff winner. Um, Jordan Addison. Hopefully, hey, uh, I coached this guy up. Him and Nicky Joseph are a perfect recruiting pair. I agree. That, that I mean, that's obviously what we're hoping for, right? Yeah. We're hoping that it's a symbiotic relationship there. Um, and the, the concern that Eric brought up is, it, it seems like it takes a few years to get it going with the Whipple offense. The thing about Kenny Pickett is he was a fifth-year guy. Like, it, he wasn't a sophomore, you know. Yeah. So I, I get the concern, especially in a year like this where Frost needs to win right away. Yeah. There's no room for, oh, we had a six-point loss. No, that shit is over. Yeah. <laughs> you better get a six-point win uh, this time. We all understand your concerns. I mean, everybody has their their doubts. And you have no reason to not have your doubts. There you go. But I think depending on who the, the quarterback that comes in, I think just having somebody else execute the plays and and a guy that can just repeat the process. If a it's working. General. Yes. Yeah. Like a guy that can is not scared to run the same play. If it's working, to keep doing it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. a guy that's not scared to just fall over on the one-yard line. Like just simple things like that, I think – are going to be a fresh breath of air for Nebraska football. I, you just you just needed another guy. The offense works. I'm I'm we they we put up ex- yards, dude. Yeah, they do. We're an explosive offense, but just having somebody else with experience overseeing that, yeah, is huge. And I I really think that that was the best hire Scott Frost could have made. And and I have all the doubt in the world in Scott Frost, but the offensive coordinator was a perfect hire for him. Yeah, I mean, he showed... I'm going to give... You know, I, I give Scott credit more than you guys freaking think, okay? No, you don't. Yes, I do. He's done things, and mm. I'm like, hmm, that's... You that's do not. A, eh, shut up. But yeah, I mean, I think he showed, like, I'm willing to hire a guy that... Is going to put me in my place. A guy that's going to be hopefully hopefully willing to correct me or put me in my place, like you said. Um, you got to think during the interview process, because he was interviewing dudes that uh, I'm hoping Frost was like, look, I need I need someone to just calm me down a little bit. Right? I need I need a sage. I need a a sensei. Be my sensei. Be my whip. Yeah, he needs a mentor. Be my whoops. Be my whip. Be my whip. When I'm being a bad boy, when I'm <laughs> when I call a screen after we're averaging eight yards a carry. Whoops. Scott <laughs> Scotty, no, bad, no, K-I-S-S, Scotty. Maybe Mickey can tell Scott to not play certain people and 
you know. Yeah, Mickey's yeah. not going to have none of that. Hey, yeah. Uh, did you hear his? Did you hear his comments? And play uh, other certain people. He said. He said the dudes that that don't practice well throughout the week. He said they will not be playing for me. Yeah. He's like they will. They will win you two and lose you four. Ah, okay. crap. Oh. Hey, listen. This is episode fifteen. Xavier Betts, show out. Mickey Joseph, work your magic on the young man, please. Yes. Let's get to the last hire. Yep. Oh, actually, ho- hopefully it's not the last one because we still got special teams. Yes. Yeah. But and um, running backs. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Ron Brown, maybe. Who knows? Ugh. Uh, <laughs> Donovan Raiola coming in from the Bears. He's, he is currently an assistant offensive line coach with the Bears. We all know how the Bears have... De- They're poverty franchise. Mm-hmm. We get that. Raiola, big Nebraska name. Mike? Do you like this Donovan Raiola hire? I'm going to, at this moment where I'm sitting right now, I'm going to give it a thumbs down for CEO Scott Frost. Damn. Sorry. And I'm going to give it a thumbs down for this. I think it has the potential to be the best hire that he made. It has nothing but potential. High ceiling. But when you are coaching for your job and you're hiring a guy who has never been a full-time O-line coach at a power, especially at a power five level. He's never been one in general. He's been the assistant to the regional manager to the Chicago Bears. Assistant so, to the Matt Nagy. Yeah, like, <laughs> and if you've watched the Bears play where Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, doesn't matter who you put out there, yeah. is running for their lives, that gives me a little bit of concern. So let me tell you this. I, I think... The higher, like I said, it, it has a high ceiling, but a, a very, very low floor. Now, he got hired because his last name is Riola. It's not a it's not a secret. It's not a surprise. And there's a guy named Dylan Riola that is considering Nebraska, who shouldn't be, but he is because his dad played here and his dad wants him to go here. And he's a top quarterback in this class. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's a five-star by, the, by his senior year, which is next year, I think. So... It's an AAU type of hire. It's one of those, like, this is what they do in basketball all the time. You, you hire a guy that has a relationship with a player so that you can get the player onto your team. I like that aspect of the hire. I like that he is a Big Ten guy. He is an All-American, played center at Wisconsin, hard-nosed football. Shout out to Jared. That's what he likes to see. Of course. I like that. I like that he's a Riola because Dom is also a freaking hard-nosed guy, intense dude. But... When you're coaching for your job, I think you should have gone with a guy with a little bit more experience. I know we were interviewing some other guys with experience. I know there's some guys out there that wanted to get a phone call that never did. So, it, like to me, it's just it wouldn't have been my first choice. And I think he has a lot to prove. But I think, like I said, low floor, highest ceiling of all the guys that he hired. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll agree with the potential. I will also say that's probably that's my most skeptical um, hire of the bunch, obviously, for reason. Um, but I think one thing that uh, Scott Frost mentioned throughout the year and then something that we've also noted is that there's no there's no fire on the offensive line. You know what I mean? Cam Jurgens is the only person this year that got called for like excessive blocking, I think, is what they right. tried to explain it like as. Like 30 yards downfield, just pancaking dudes. Yeah. Loved it. Like I don't see the problem with that. You know, you no. play to the whistle. But. Yeah, yeah. I I just think that uh, one of the biggest upsides to this hire is that this is a young dude that, like you said, is just a hard-nosed guy. 
And I think he's going to bring some fire to these young dudes on the line. And I think that that can only help you. Um, but you're right. It is an absolute gamble for a very critical point in your coaching career. So we'll see if it works out. But yeah, there's a lot of potential, but it's just not the gamble I would have taken. Yeah, I think I got it. I just, I said it when, oh, 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 he interviewed Matt. If he's not a Riola, he's not even in consideration. And I don't even know who the, who the guy is. What does assistant online coach even do? Like, grunt work. That's what he does. Grunt work. Okay. So he doesn't even teach each technique. Correct. Right. I, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. And so I'm going to ask all three of you. Anyone feel free to chime in. Where does, uh, Oposta start? Where does it start? In, In the, the trenches. trenches. There you go. Uh, does he have any recruiting ties? Does he Does he know how to recruit? Does he know how to identify talent? Does he know technique? So all these questions that we have, mm. and it's, you know, for a guy that's coaching for his job, it just seems like he hired a friend again. And that's not really where I think oh, we should be going. Out of all of them, it's not my favorite. Uh, the other two, you can explain and justify. I it just feels like he had his target and he got him and didn't go after anybody else because he's a friend and, and he was doing him a solid. Donovan isn't even a Nebraska guy. He played at Wisconsin, but that's right? okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's fair. I don't want a Nebraska eyes either. But it seems like you know he still is a Nebraska guy in a way. But yeah, right. I mean, it's it's tricky because okay, so you look at the hires, right? Mickey Joseph. Of course, Nebraska ties, but we said you make the hire regardless because he's up there, right? Mm -hmm. He's proven it, track record. Whipple, no Nebraska connection whatsoever, right? This is a dude who was at UMass. Like, he's he spent a lot of his career up in the Northeast, right? Mm -hmm. And then you look at Riola. He played at Wisconsin. You know, you can look at that and be like, hey, uh, he's got Big Ten experience. He's got, he knows what it takes to be a successful Big Ten lineman. Um, if you're Frost and you make this hire, <laughs> do you think about Dylan a couple years down the road? You're probably not even going to be here. This is right now. Uh, if you're if you're looking at Donovan, uh, you go to, you go to your nephew and say, "Hey, look, I've I've recruited and I've developed these insanely good." Uh, pass blockers, right? They're going to protect you, man. Mm -hmm. They got your back. Please come here. Mm -hmm. Like, is he going to be able to do that? Can he use his... I've I've had NFL experience. I've been in the NFL for four years. Can he go into living rooms just like Mickey Joseph? Can he can he convince linemen, hey, I, can, I know how to develop NFL linemen. I've seen what it takes. I got you. Can he be able to do that? You know, he's a younger cat. He is a person of color for whatever that's worth. You know, you can say it's not. A lot of people want that poly connection. Riolas are polys. They're Polynesians. If you've seen Utah play, they don't F around in yeah. Utah. Yeah. So it's like, eh, maybe that's maybe that's a good caveat. I think this is like a universal hire where every Nebraska fan's like, eh, well, yeah, I don't know. Like Like you said. Whipple, you can explain away. Mickey Joseph, you don't really need to explain away. I mean, that's a pretty universal supporting thing. With this one, it's like, ah, okay, maybe. Well, you know what? You know? You know what uh, Rayola 
makes me wonder a little bit too is okay so cam jurgens has pretty much been like a lock that he's leaving yeah but when you have like yeah. when you have a guy that was that's played in the big 10 played in the nfl as a center and being able to sit in a room with cam jurgens and say hey i can make you go from a borderline fourth to seventh rounder to a third to first rounder like i i think, yeah, they, I think a day one guy yeah i think like cam I, can be a day one day cam is the most athletic guy on the team and there's no doubt about it in my mind the amount right like i've never seen a center move the way that cam jurgens does yeah and i and, think, and handle and handle nose guards like yes, he does he's the best blocker on the team and so imagine if a guy in which is unproven at this point but a guy that was successful in his own right Mm-hmm. can take cam jurgens and make him a day one guy like to me if a win automatically would be if that if don can meet with cam and say hey like you need to stay one more year and yep. this is why i don't think that's going to happen Who, but who's it, our backup center it's going to be uh nuri nuri's going to move from is guard it? to center that's that's what i think is going to happen. why okay, sorry i have a gripe and it goes back to like what the Callahan days. Can we just uh, recruit a true center, please, instead of c- converting all these guys? Just one. Who was our last true center? Kurt Mann? Is that him? Or, Kurt Mann? Or, yeah. or, or was it... Uh, I think Mark Pellini was. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, the thing about Cam, you know, he converted from tight end. He had growing pains. Big ones. Y- yeah, and it, it cost... I think you, I think it's safe to say that it cost the team games uh it paid off because this year i mean dude was freaking yeah he's a monster i don't like i know that all the the all big 10 teams came out i don't know where cam came out on that i felt like you should have been somewhere you know he had jojo doman come out with a second team all american right yeah congrats to him by the way i don't think we were going to mention it but damn that's pretty good but yeah, if if we can, conv- I don't want Nuri Noeli to be a, our center because we need a true center, right? Is he a true center? I don't know. We don't I know. don't think he is. Yeah. So I just <clears throat> I want to add a couple notes. I've just kind of been listening uh, to what you guys are all pitching into the middle here, and I think that number one on the recruiting stance on Rayola, I think that. Mickey Joseph walks into a living room and says, "Hey, just open up your uh, your fantasy football lineup, and I'll show you what I've done." <laughs> right? That's me. Where, like, That's what, me. like you said, what is what is Rayola's pitch? Like, I know. You I know, know what I mean? Like, I, I guess I don't yeah. really know. So that that's that's something that needs to be seen. But then back to what Eric said is that success starts in the trenches, right? And so, like, you would you could you could say easily that this year would have been completely different had the offensive line been more established and better and special teams would have been better. Yeah. So it's like, if that was such a priority that you called out yourself, why are we bringing in somebody that doesn't have any experience coaching an offensive line? But that's just, you know, like I said, that's like, that's like some of the downfalls. I think the potential is great, but yeah. Well, I think uh, it's probably a good time to take a break. Maybe talk about our sponsor. Let's get into our sponsor. The No Block No Rock podcast is sponsored by the Nebraska Brewing Company. These guys are so generous. We go to their tap room every Monday. I'm not saying that we clean them out, but we do we do enough damage here. And they're so generous to give it to us for free. I mean, what more could you ask for? 
I mean, best sponsor I could have asked for. I mean, we're doing a podcast on something that we all love to just talk about for fun. And the fact that we get to drink like premium beer. Yeah, this is like, and they're investing in us. It's brewed right there. It's brewed like 10 feet from us. Like we are recording 10 feet from the freaking tap room. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And, And the fact that Nebraska Brewing Company is investing in us. To talk about our passion, Nebraska football, is just amazing. What an amazing sponsor. Yeah, man. Um, let me tell you what I'm drinking real quick. What you got? I'm drinking the s'mores beer mm-hmm. again. No surprise. Give me s'mores. It's, no, it's it, fall season, <laughs> shifting into winter season, but I can't give up fall. So I'm going to drink a little bit of s'mores. KB, what are you drinking over there? Yeah, so uh, I went and got my COVID booster today, so I'm just waiting for the sweats to kick in. Um, so I'm not drinking alcohol this evening that is provided by our sponsor. Okay. Instead, uh, and I want to remind everyone, we don't do free sponsors. Hell no. Block, okay? So instead of the alcohol uh, and the delicious beer that these guys get to enjoy, I've been drinking a And now I'm drinking some water, and I think the brand name is... And, uh, yeah, so that's been my <laughs> night so far. <laughs> Eric, okay. Eric, what you drinking over Yeah, there? what you got? Er- okay, anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm drinking the Tiger's Blood Seltzer. It doesn't taste like Tiger's Blood, so come have some. I mean, not that I would know what Tiger Blood tastes I No, I don't know. But <laughs> Only anyway. Mike Tyson knows. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's pretty good. It's fruity if you like fruity drinks. Come have it. I know a lot of people don't. It's it's fine. It's Eric, good. Fruity Boy, Morrow coming in hot with a seltzer game. <laughs> Jared, what are you <laughs> drinking? Uh, Look, I got my Eos Hefeweizen beer. I'm it's glad. got... Now, let me, let me read it off the website so I don't F it up, right? The aroma and flavor is decidedly fruity <laughs> and spicy, evoking tastes of... Uh, and aromas of cloves, nutmeg, or sometimes vanilla with, banan- with banana-like esters. Yeah, I stumbled a little bit. I had a few of these. It's doing a number on me a little bit. Come to the tap room. You won't get it for free like I did. You'll pay a little bit, but it's totally worth it, guys. We're in 108th in Harrison in La Vista, Nebraska. We're at the tap room. I wish you could come join us on Mondays. Maybe we'll have like a an event or something. Who knows? Yeah. Like a, maybe a hat giveaway. We're going to record. You guys can come meet us. Big celebs over here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the MC Jared is usually pretty spot on with all this stuff, but he's got this. He's, he's putting it down. He's going a little cross-eyed over here. So, you know, we're, <laughs> we're I'm getting a, a little cute with my play calling over here. Yeah. I'm going to, I need my own whip ball yeah. to put me into shape. Thank you so much, NBC, for being such great sponsors. All right, let, let's get our newest No Block, No Rock member onto the podcast. Yeah, let's do it. He's already writing a column for us. It's yeah. called it's called Matt's Musings. So we have the Up and In blog by Rob Morrissey, mm-hmm. and then we've also got Matt's Musings now by okay. uh, Matt Hardesty. So No Block, No Rock has two writers, guys. And for anybody who is interested in writing, you know, and you maybe have a background in that, feel free to reach out to us. I mean, we met Matt. Here's a little background on Matt. We met him in Wisconsin, and I know all of our listeners know that Jared and I went down to the game in Madison, and after the loss, we went and got some pizza at a, a joint and just started talking to this Husker fan. Turns out he was from Wisconsin, went to Lincoln, and actually wrote for the Daily Nebraska. 
So crazy who you can run into in weird places. But Matt, awesome dude uh, who has a passion for writing and has a passion for Nebraska sports. What's better than that? Joining No Block, No Rock. So like, <laughs> like he's, he's doing all the above and uh, I'm all for it. Welcome, Matt. And uh, we're going to have him actually on right now. So uh, let's just cut to that interview. What do you think, guys? Let's yep. cut to it right now. Yeah, let's do it. We have with us uh, a pretty special guest, a new member of the No Block, No Rock podcast, um, a guy that Mike and I, we met in Madison, Wisconsin by chance. Uh, we were drowning, drowning our sorrows. Drowning is a good word or, you know, the drunk eating pizza. Let's just say blacking out. That's the <laughs> easiest way to say it. I wish I was blacked out. But, you know, we were at a place called, and Mike didn't want me to say it, but Rocky Rococo's. That is correct. Uh, yeah, that, that's a pretty well-known pizza joint in Madison, Wisconsin. But we have with us Mr. Matt Hardesty. Uh, we just want you to kind of introduce yourself and what what will you be doing for the NBNR podcast? Well, as he just said, my name is Matt. I just graduated from UNL in May of 2020. I spent four years there. Well, my last four years, I spent longer than four years there. But the last four years I spent as a sports beat writer for the Daily Nebraskan. So I've seen all of the ineptitude up close and personal. <laughs> and I kind of miss writing about it. Currently got a job outside of sports journalism, but I do part-time work for a local newspaper. I live, ironically enough, back in Wisconsin now. I grew up here, went to school in Nebraska, and now I moved back to Racine, Wisconsin. It's just south of Milwaukee. And yeah, I just met these two guys eating sad pizza at Rocky Rococo's, <laughs> which is a, it's like a statewide pizza place. Uh not all of them are ever as hopping as the one in Madison. I was kind of surprised. Like usually there's like one or two people in those places uh, and not like a whole DJ booth set up in the parking lot outside. So that was right, a, right. everything about it. And it's kind of funny because everyone there was pretty much a sad Nebraska fan eating pizza. <laughs> it was, it was a very depressing and tough scene overall. But yeah, I met these guys, uh, had a very uh, long and interesting conversation about the state of Nebraska football. Mm -hmm. And they said they had a podcast, loved the name, still do. And they were, they offered me a spot to pretty much blog about whatever. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out the role myself, but we're just going to have fun and see where it goes from here. Yeah, Matt. I mean, just essentially we are your platform to just let out your feelings um, hugs and kisses yeah my whatever you want man like people want to hear it people they feel our struggles and you know and, and i'm going to tell you something so when we were in that pizza joint in wisconsin mm. i seriously until we got halfway we were probably talking to you for a half hour i seriously thought you were a wisconsin fan because everybody's wearing <laughs> the same shit the yeah. same colors you know and, and then i finally caught him like i looked over at jared i was like oh look he's a nebraska fan <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, um, when Mike and I went down there, one of the first things that we saw was Go Big Red, but with the Wisconsin W logo. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's and it's just like gross. It's like, what? Okay, I guess. And then, like, there not just Go Big Red, but there was, like, Go Red, too. Just Go Red. Go Red. It's like, eh, okay. 
All right. But yeah, you just kind of blended in and you, you're sitting at the table right next to our right. And it's like, oh, here, here's a guy that we can just kind of bounce off some heated opinions on. And, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, Frost for a good, you know, what, 10, 15 minutes. That's probably being gener- just conversation generous. was like 30 minutes overall. Oh, yeah. Well, I know that we were waiting for our Uber for at least 45 because I was trying to save seven dollars on my Uber ride. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and it was not worth the 45 minutes for seven. But honestly, it worked out great because we met you and and we had just such a great conversation. And uh, you know, now you turn the page and uh you're part of the squad, so that's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you guys seem like a, an awesome group, and I'm I'm excited to get to know you all more and have another Nebraska podcast to listen to. Yeah, well, and Matt, we'll make sure uh, whenever you do want to write something or vent your feelings, we'll make sure to uh, have you on so you can um, plug yourself, plug the plug the article, um, and and we'll just start, you know, trying to just keep plugging the stuff that we're doing from a writing perspective as well. Because I mean, most people know us um, just being, you know, being part of the podcast with our voices and being able to have some more um, opinionated Husker fans being able to write the stuff because some people are just they're readers. They're not listeners. So yeah. um, it'll be an, an awesome flavor to uh, MBNR for sure. Yeah. And the, the big thing um, that really stood out to me when we met you was you said that you had written for the Daily Nebraskan and that you were kind of kind of bouncing around a little bit. And we're like, this dude has experience writing stuff. You know, he's he, he's going to make it sound good, make it sound polished. So, yeah, I mean, that was a big draw for me personally. But um. Let's let's kind of get into it. Let's let's get Matt Matt's opinion on these new coaching hires. We know that you wrote about it, but you know you got Mark Whipple from Pitt, old man, mm-hmm. uh, seasoned vet himself. Uh, they couldn't Joseph. find a better picture. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't think the selection was uh, the greatest for him. Uh, so Mark Whipple is OC. Mickey Joseph. As the wide receivers coach, uh, passing game coordinator, um, assistant head coach, yeah, associate head coach, recruiting guru, um, and then you know a couple of days ago, uh, Donovan Riola. So, what's your overall kind of uh, takeaway from these new coaching hires? What do you think? Uh, it seems like Scott Frost really dug into the analytics a lot with this and chose. Some of them with his head and some of them more with his heart. Like I felt like, or even his gut, like I felt Donovan Riola was more of a gut hire. And one that I, I think he might be, I mean, the Mickey Joseph one stands out the most just because of his pedigree. But I think that Riola one could be the most important and the most successful. I mean, he does come from a pretty strong background. He may not have had a job as a as an offensive line coach, before full-time but I mean he's worked under a lot of just outstanding offensive line coaches and has been in some pretty good offensive line rooms the recent couple Chicago Bears (laughs) ones withstanding but I think he's someone that really will bring a much different approach a a little less like I felt Greg Austin was more of a laid-back approach to coaching that position and I don't when you think of uh, the Riolas, you don't think of of laid back. I mean, right. again, I, I grew up in Wisconsin. I, I didn't really have any ties to Nebraska before I went there. And 
the first story I ever heard about the Rivals, the first time I ever heard of any of them, was I had a friend who was in the UW-Madison marching band, and apparently they were playing the national anthem at a Packers game, and Dominic Riola was just cussing out a couple members of the band like the entire time, <laughs> and no one could understand why. So, so even during the national kind of, anthem, it's just constant intensity, yeah, never letting up. And it's like I don't know if we really want that, and I, I I'm guessing things have changed now that they don't play anymore. But at the end of the day, those those don't seem like laid back chill guys i'm curious to see what he does on the the recruiting front but honestly i mean they've recruited the type of people you'd want in an offensive line room they they've got size they're highly rated in all the recruiting systems it's just a matter of can you get the maximum potential and we we've seen games in the past few years where they really performed well didn't allow any sacks ran the ball well but it just wasn't consistent enough Mm -hmm. um mark whipple is the one that i'm kind of on the fence of because on one hand i think that this could really work he's someone that frost trusts he's someone that i think he's willing to bend his system to the players he has but on the other hand i could totally see like it's you know how they have confetti quarterbacks where they say, like, this is a quarterback you could see in confetti holding up the trophy? Mm. I could see Mark Whipple on a press release halfway through the season with Scott Frost has been let go, as has Mark Whipple. Mickey Joseph is the interim head coach. Like, that oh. is something <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see. Like, he's just kind of, I don't know, that's like a weird gut feeling, even though I don't think that'll happen. But I, I feel like that is a possibility. It's absolutely um, possible. Oh, yeah. 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 But no, I think he, again, you got to take a gamble. I mean, a lot of the best assistant coaches that you talk about are people that come with NFL experience. Uh, and it's like the first, like, keep in mind, Wisconsin, for example, Jim Leonard had zero coaching experience before Paul yeah. Chris hired him five years ago. And now he's one regarded as one of the best defensive coordinators. He coached safeties for a couple of years before that. Joe Brady's another one. He never, he never coached in, in college before, or at least as a coordinator or, right. or even position coach, I don't think before he took the job at LSU, he was with the saints. So I think I'm sure there's plenty of examples that have failed as well, but those, I don't think that's a prerequisite, especially for the offensive line for being a, a successful coach. Yeah, hundred percent. It makes you think. Mickey Joseph, one of the titles that he was given was associate head coach. Right. It's like maybe maybe it was just a title thing where he you know was able to get a couple more zeros added to uh, his paycheck. But yeah, it makes you think. What does associate head coach really mean? You know, like yeah. what what additional roles would he take on besides being the wide receiver coach and. Yeah, I mean, I think you bring up a good point. Um, yeah, like, did he come yeah. back for that title? And with the caveat that, like, if this thing doesn't work out, yeah. you're probably just going to take over. Because, you know, Frost is on an ultimatum right now. The first six games, we got to see how he does. Listen, I think I think a lot's being made of the six-game ultimatum. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if they still start 5-1 and one and finish 5-7 and seven against a very tough back, line, back end of the schedule, like, chances are he's probably still gone. Right. Like if they lose to Illinois at home in late November, that might like that could also be a 
a sign that this thing's over for Frost and that's Purdue. Yeah. 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 Purdue's a Purdue big is, Yeah. So it's I know everyone likes to look at those first six games, but it's especially we should know this by now, the the constant drama of Nebraska football that this is it's gonna be all season, just like this year. Yeah, I mean we have you on. This is your very first episode. Like, we don't need to get into the whole like uh, six game frost ultimatum. Is he going to get fired? If you know, we'll have more cetera. opportunities for oh, that. Oh, we'll have plenty. Looking forward to don't it. worry. Uh, hey, Matt, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining the team. Uh, we want to let our listeners know that you can find Matt on Twitter. And what is your Twitter handle? Uh, Hardesty Matt 12. I. We'll see. I, I usually have a few drinks during games and get on rants. Sure. So sure. We'll, welcome to the club. We'll, we'll look forward to, club. to that uh, during Nebraska basketball season. Oh, <laughs> it's God. been rough. You dude. really gonna be drinking yeah. basketball season? <laughs> it's been rough, dude. But yeah. we appreciate. Right, I helped that. I just, we I just didn't say anything team? on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you joining the team, and uh, we look forward to reading and hearing from you uh, regularly here on No Block No Rock. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Excited to be a part of the team. Matt Hardesty, check out his blog on our website. Matt's Musings, go follow him on Twitter. Um, he gave his at, so I don't need to give it again. But guys, uh, let's. can we just sign off now? What do you think? This is a pretty long episode. Yeah, this is a pretty long episode. You know I, mean? I, I do want to give one plug. Go follow us on Twitter, at MBNR Podcast. Yeah. You know where to find us. We got merch, too. We, we got merch, and we're also going to do another hat giveaway. So for those of you who haven't heard, we like to give away some stuff sometimes. It helps us a little bit, maybe get us a couple more followers. But I'm going to be posting, when this episode is posted this week, I'm going to be posting about the hat giveaway. And all you need to do is just go in and retweet and like that post. And we will randomly draw out of this Nebraska football helmet that I will bring into the tap room. Yeah. Well, someone will win a hat. So it's that simple. We've had multiple winners. And then, you know, when you get the hat, if you could take a picture and talk about NBNR, that would be awesome. Yeah, Mike, you're being all freaking uh, about it. No, we give you the hat. You're going to you're gonna take a picture of it and advertise us because we need more listeners. We want to reach more Husker we fans. We own you. <laughs> <laughs> you're signing a contract without even knowing it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, go Go get that merch. Go follow us on Twitter nbnrpodcast.com at nbnrpodcast you guys let's sign off i'm one of your hosts jared hall mike delaware kyle byers i'm eric morrow and as always like our women's volleyball team horns down beat texas and go big red